0: As we talk about peace, scripture is full of passages all about peace. People wanted to come in peace and go in peace. They wanted to live in peace and they wanted to die in peace. And Jesus' birth was announced with the angel saying, peace on earth, Luke chapter 2. Jesus was to be the prince of peace, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Yet I've been to a lot of history class. And I drive on 465 about every day, and I've been to the grocery store, and I don't hardly see peace anywhere. Last week, I got to be in the Middle East with a pile of our international workers in the Alliance, mostly from closed countries where they have to be super careful about who they are and why they are where they are. They come from places where even a a sense of relative peace is hard to find right now. I went to the location with great skepticism about safety. They came to the same location with a sense of relief and relaxation. As we were leaving this location, we transited through a place called Izmir, Turkey. And when I got to Izmir, Turkey, we were getting on or going to the airport to get on the plane to leave to go to Germany which was having all kinds of issues with snow. And so people had been stuck in Izmir for days. There were two flights on this small little airline we were on, and Munich wasn't having either one of them come into Germany because they had shut down for days and they were all backed up. There was the later flight, and then there was our flight that was supposed to leave that morning. So after nine hours of discovering that a lot of these people in the terminal had been there for days, they start to tell us that Your flight isn't going to go. The later flight is the only one that Munich is going to let in. And I watched some Turkish women go crazy. Next thing I know, everybody is standing around the counter. The lady goes behind the counter, grabs the phone, makes a phone call, please show up. We went from your flight isn't leaving to we're boarding in five minutes just like that. I was standing back in the back next to this guy I kind of befriended over the 9 hours as as uh, the day went on and I just looked at him and I said, "Hey, what's going on here?" He said, "It's okay. This is just how our culture handles things." I thought, "Peace? Where in the world do we see peace?" The angel announced peace on earth, goodwill to men. I want the uh, team to put up an article headline if they can for us. This is of this November. The pandemic is over, but our pandemic stress isn't. This article shares that nearly a quarter of adults reported operating at the highest levels of stress, rating it at at least an eight out of ten. Among parents, self-reported stress was so extreme that nearly half said it was completely overwhelming on most days, and 41% reported that it impedes their function. Our world never has been and currently is not at peace. Many of our homes are not at peace. Our society is clearly not at peace. And I'm guessing that there are some things about your inner life, maybe hidden behind a church smile, that are not at peace. So what did we miss? Did Jesus fail us? Is the evil too powerful and God can't deal with it all? Do we need to elect new politicians? Do we need a larger army? Do we need more money in the bank? Is there a supplement we can take to help? Where's the peace? Let me suggest that we may have confused some things and Christmas time may actually just be reminding us that the peace we hoped for. is not here. It's not a reality. There are probably some of you that are even dreading these upcoming Christmas gatherings that you're going to participate in. Peace will be a decoration on the tree or on the wall, but not a reality in any other aspect. But before we blame God, before we give up on peace, just throw our hands up, before we try to find some escape to create some fake situation of peace. Right? Like, I've never been high before, but I say, people say that that it helps them to relax and find peace. Before all of that, let's consider whether or not we actually understand biblical peace in a fallen world. John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Right away, Jesus lets us know that he will give us peace. He promises. He will give us peace, but his gift doesn't look like the world's gift. How many people are simply looking for what the world means when the world, we might say the flesh, talks about peace? Mostly they mean no trouble. Mostly they mean relaxed living. Mostly they mean calm circumstances free from worry. At the base level, people simply looking for what they might consider to be an easy life. Which may mean that you and I have a different thought about peace than Jesus does. Did Jesus on this side of his return promise us world peace? I think he said in Matthew 24 that there would be wars and rumors of wars. Did Christ on this side of his return promise us political or societal peace or an easy life? I think in John 16, 33, he said that in this world you would experience trouble and that the world would hate us because of him. Matthew 10, 22. Did Christ on this side promise family peace? I think he said division would come between family members. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Luke chapter 12, 51 to 53, and goes on to talk about the division being between family members. On the one hand, we have to be very careful when we read the Old Testament and come across these prophecies about what Christ is going to bring to this world. We have to be careful about the timing of these fulfillments. Some of what we read speaks of the day when Jesus returns. Yet peace is not just a part of eternity. And peace is not just in some future moment in the future kingdom. There is peace for the here and the now. Peace that Jesus promises to give us. Peace that won't be like the world's peace. And I want to encourage you, I think we should be grateful for that. Because the world doesn't have true peace. And any moment of peace will soon be replaced by another moment of trouble. Jesus came to bring us true peace. A deep peace in the deep places of our lives. Places where peace lasts where peace can color and influence every other part of our lives, it's peace between you and me and God. I can actually be at peace with my creator. I can be at peace with the one who made me for himself. You can be at peace with him as well. But it's a peace that passes understanding. Philippians chapter 4 Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know that you are experiencing the peace of God when it transcends. When it makes no sense to the world around you. It's an amazing verse of truth about God's peace that comes in the midst of anxious moments that have been surrendered to Jesus. And Paul says this peace guards your hearts and minds. I want you to think about that for a minute. You only guard something when there is a threat against it. Right? Like think about a kid in the the cafeteria. They only guard their food if somebody's trying to take it. You only guarded that seat next to you on the bus if somebody else was going to try to sit there. One time in my life, I felt like I was guarding my house. I won't give you all the details, but there were some folk outside that weren't up to any good, and I knew it, and I could tell that this may not go well. And they came up to my door. I was guarding my house. There was a threat. God's peace is a peace that resides not in global armies or drug-induced moments of relaxation or in the fake peace that comes when you bite your tongue or you choose a fake smile to calm a moment. It is a deep peace in our inner beings that guards our hearts and our minds from all of the threats of the world around us so that we actually get to live out the passage, let the peace of Christ reign in your hearts. That's a command. Colossians chapter 3, let the peace of Christ reign. Turmoil and storm and all kinds of chaos all around us. And we have been commanded, let the peace of Christ reign in there, guarding you. The peace of God is often only experienced in the struggles and trials of life. It's when life goes upside down when there are anxious moments, when there are threats against our tranquility. This little trip that I just went on, to be honest, I, I didn't really think I wanted to go on this thing. I wasn't sure it was a good idea. Matter of fact, I was pretty sure it wasn't a good idea. And yet it was one of those trips where you just know you're going to go. And so I said, Jesus, would you please give me peace? And he did in deep places I won't call it excitement I'm not gonna call it thrilling I'm not even gonna say that I flipped into some strong desire to go but I had peace and it wasn't related to calmness in the region and nobody gave me any promise of safety but God is able to get in there and do something in the deep places of our lives to give us a deep peace isn't it true That when someone says, I have great peace about, or I had tremendous peace in the midst of, or I felt such an overwhelming sense of peace, they're almost always speaking about some tough, terrible situation, right? Like when you're at home watching football this afternoon, you're probably not going to be overwhelmed with the peace of God. peace that Jesus gives us is a peace that the world doesn't understand. It's a peace that passes all understanding. The peace that he gives us is not like the world's peace. We should be grateful for that. World peace might stop a war. History tells us another one will start. Medicinal peace might work for a while, but another pill will be needed. Drugs and alcohol might create some fake peace, but it will fade but the peace of Jesus lasts and it shows up in the worst of moments and carries us through in such a way that while outwardly we may be in the storm, internally we have peace, a peace that our world, which sometimes means your neighbors, sometimes it means your family members, cannot understand how. By Jesus Christ coming to this earth, born a baby, To become our Lord and Savior, dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. So that you and I can have a right relationship with the Father. Sobering truth. Scripture says that we were once alienated from God. We were His enemies. That is not a good place to be. And God the Father, because He loves us, said, I'm going to send my son, born a baby, We celebrate at Christmas so that he could grow up and die in your place. So that you're no longer enemies and alienated from God. Our sin dealt with. Our alienated status with God transformed. Jesus has made peace with the Father possible. And because Jesus made peace with the Father possible, Jesus is making all peace possible. So we can have peace with the one who created us. We can have peace with the one who has the power to send someone to hell. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. It's a sobering reality. My eternity and your eternity dealt with for those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior. The world can't change that. Death can't stop that. Trouble in life can't remove that. It's this peace that reigns in us. That our God has our salvation secure. That our God has our lives in his hands no matter where you find yourself. That he has history in his control. And that he cannot and will not fail. Let this peace reign in your life. All right, that's sort of the Christmas peace sermon. You've all heard that, probably a lot. What do we do now? Let me suggest to you that we develop this peace. We grow in our understanding and our experience of this peace. I don't know about it for you, but it's kind of a new concept for me. Peace was sort of like, there it is. There's peace. Now what? I think we have the privilege of growing in our understanding and experience of this peace. Like it needs to show up more and more in our ever turbulent lives all around us. If you go back to the context of John chapter 14 where Jesus offers this gift of peace it's all about living a life of growing obedience and therefore a growing experience of the father the son and the spirit making their home with us I realize this isn't true in every situation but for me when I go into my door and I close it behind me and I'm home with my people that's my happy place It is a place of tremendous peace. I love being there. And Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to obey me. And as you obey me, as you continue to walk with me, I'm going to grab the Father, and the Father and I are going to come, and we are going to make our home, our abode with you. Can you just kind of feel the trouble sort of fade away in light of that? The Father is going to make his home with me. As I continue to follow him, you won't see or enjoy or grow in the peace of God if and while you ignore the lordship of Jesus in your life. This, this next part is not going to feel so Christmassy, but secret sin kills peace. Ignoring the Lord's will will ruin peace. In the same way that when we were little kids and you did something you weren't supposed to do, you can't just like be with mom and dad and be okay. Right? My twin brother and I used to hide. Silly. But we'd hide. We're not we're not okay with mom and dad. We've been cracking pecans in the freezer door. That's a problem. We threw a lawn dart or jart, what are those things called? We threw one of those through the back windshield of my dad's 64 Impala. That's not going to go well. We can't be at peace after we do these things. Young people know this. If you're out running around and you're partying and you got your parents fooled, you're not at peace. You know that. Failing to follow God's plan for your marriage and your human sexuality you're not going to be at peace. If you are not faithfully surrendered to the Lord financially, expressed through giving and being generous, you're not going to be financially at peace. I don't care how much money you have. So we need to be careful that we don't ask for and expect the peace of God to reign in our hearts while we completely ignore the Lord's desire and will for us. I'm not preaching to you out of some book I read. I'm preaching to you out of a life I've lived. And you probably have as well. How does God grow our understanding and our experience of peace? Sometimes through trials of life, right? He proves himself in the storm, sometimes it's through discipline. God uses discipline because we cannot live in disobedience and experience peace with God and God knows that. I cannot mistreat my spouse and expect a thriving relationship. It doesn't work. So at salvation, we're made right with the Father. Then we live this out and develop the relationship as we're careful to keep it pure and undefiled. Hebrews chapter 12. Endure hardship as discipline. God is is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, then everyone undergoes discipline. If that's true, by the way, we should be aware of where that's at, right? I should be able to look at my life, at least in some broader strokes, and say I can see how God has been at work in this area of my life. Everyone undergoes discipline. If you're not disciplined, then you're not legitimate not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we all have human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. We don't always enjoy discipline. But have you ever walked through discipline with the Lord and then have the privilege of experiencing a deep peace that he can bring on the other side? Where he's like, all right, Kurt, we dealt with all of that. I've taken care of it now. Now. Come enjoy the peace. Come enjoy the rest. When he corrects and cleans and fixes the dirty stuff in our minds and the evil thoughts that we come up with and the ambitions that our flesh births, when he reveals the selfishness in our relationships and our marriages, when he challenges the words that we speak. And his discipline sometimes lasts a little while, right? Like most of our discipline clock, it's about five minutes. God, whatever you're gonna do, you got about five minutes to get that done. And he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Kurt, this is gonna take a while. This might take weeks. This might take months. I might be working on this for years. And God gets in there and He shapes us toward righteousness, so that we can have a lived experience of relational rightness with God. No hiding, no shadows. No dark corners, no fake peace, but right with God and therefore able to strengthen feeble arms and weak knees, making paths level so that the lame around us may not be disabled but rather healed. As you live in a right relationship with the Father and experience Jesus and the Father making their home in your life so that you're at peace with them, that's what then walks out the doors. You carry that with you. We're the hope of sharing this peace in the world around us. Not just on the other side of the globe, but right here. People who are at peace with God and now living in a growing peace with others. Our community needs this. I don't do a lot with Facebook. So anytime somebody sort of alerts me to something on Facebook, it's, it's something juicy, something's going on. And I was going to reference a page to you this morning I'm not going to reference. Because when I went on there to just check and see what was going on this morning, I noticed somebody sharing their deep heart. And it was all about not being at peace anywhere in their life. And I recognize this is everywhere around us. It is fresh. Some of you brought it in here with you. There's turmoil in your life. There's turmoil around your life. I hear stories of bullying going on at our schools. And when I say our schools, I don't mean like somewhere else. I mean like right here. Strife and marriages where husbands and wives are no longer living under the same roof because they can't growing anxiety and suicidal ideation. The numbers are terrible. The stats we put up about people and what stress is doing to them. And then you add to that all of the turmoil and the violence in the world that we live in. Friends, as we live in this right relationship with the Father, as we experience peace with Him, we now have that peace to offer to a world that is so desperate for something deep and abiding. A world that desperately needs the gospel message so that lost people can be made right with the father I hope you have lost people on your radar I hope that if I quit talking for about 30 seconds you could come up with three or four names of people that you regularly pray for and watch for the Spirit of God to open doors because that's what Paul asked for Paul asked that we would pray that there would be open doors and as the door opens and he walks through it, he might have something smart to say to them, right? Like, like, help me not to fumble this, Lord, when my neighbor's door opens up and I have the opportunity. I hope you have lostness on your radar. For us to bring peace into a world that's experiencing the storm every day, every moment. And for the world around us to see that the source of our peace is not our money, that's a terrible thing. If they're like, hey, you got so much money that, that you, of course, you're at peace. now that can't be the source. That our medicine is not our source of peace. That our plan for retirement is not our source of peace. That our ability to have influence over others, meaning we can get them to do what we want them to do, that that's not our source of peace. Our source of peace is Jesus, who makes peace with the Father possible. And out of this experience of peace with God the Father, we have a genuine peace to live out and to give to others so that you can be at peace with everyone. I kind of have a goal in life. And I came from a place where I knew a lot of people in town and I could never go to the store without seeing somebody I knew. And I had a goal, I want to be at peace with everyone to the best of my ability so that anytime I encounter anyone at the store, I don't have to dodge them. I don't want anybody that I have to be like, ooh, I all of a sudden need something on the other side of this place. Paul says, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. This is what we bring into our world. We can't be at peace with people because we are at peace with God. And as you grow in your understanding and experience of peace with God, it helps in the way that we then are at peace with people around us. If you've not experienced peace with God, you cannot be at peace with other people. Friends, the stuff that our world is screaming for right now, it is impossible for those who have not experienced peace with God to somehow create peace. It's not going to happen. But for those of us who know Jesus, we can bring peace to others. So that we get to experience what Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters, children of God. You look like your heavenly father when you make peace. Not when you break peace, not when you fake peace, but when you make peace, you look like your father. You look like you've been in the presence of God when you're able to then come and bring peace into situations around you. So where is peace missing in your life? Where is it broken? Try to name those spaces. Uh, I got a little hung up in Germany last week. The sermon note sheet is a little sparse, right? There's plenty of room on you there for you to take notes. Maybe jot down, where's the peace missing? And let me suggest to you that where you find peace missing, where you want peace and don't have it, is likely to be where your next crisis of faith will show up. Because that's probably an area where Jesus wants to get in there and begin to do some things. Maybe ask you some questions. Like, did I promise you peace in that or did I invite you into a journey of faith where you trust me for peace through that that's a different path I tried a few ways to get out of this trip I went on right <laughs> I tried to come up with some stuff that didn't work no Jesus says I, I'm gonna give you peace through it you're going down the road Are you seeking the world's peace for those moments? Are you doing things in your life that ruin peace? Is there something robbing your peace? Are you settling for nothing deeper than a few moments of quiet in your house? It seems like I've seen t-shirts like that, like give me five minutes of my coffee or something. Is that it? Are you cooperating with the Father as he works to shape you and your experience of his peace in your life. And going back to Philippians chapter four, are you regularly worshiping the Lord for the peace that he has made available? With thanksgiving, Paul says, and celebrating that while outwardly we are wasting away, while outwardly our world is disintegrating all around us, inwardly we are renewed day by day because we are at peace with him. Your experience, your understanding, your growing in the peace of Jesus will then be your gift to those around you. I think it starts in our homes. Give it to your family this afternoon and spreads from there. Let the Prince of Peace reign in your life and let his peace, a genuine peace, a true peace permeate the world around you, not just at Christmas but all the time until he returns to finish his work of bringing peace to all things. The promise of Jesus for this age what we sometimes call the church age, before the age to come when Christ will reign over all. The promise of Jesus is not external peace from external things, but rather internal peace through the horrific realities of a fallen world. So that while kingdoms are in uproar and nations fail, we have the invitation in Psalm 46.10 to be still and know that he's God. Lord Jesus, an invitation to be still invites us into a place of perfect peace in your presence. No striving, no anxious moments, no human efforts, no scrambling to fix the problem, no fretting over tomorrow, but an invitation to come and be quiet and calm. And still to know that you are God and to know that because of Jesus and his death on the cross and his invitation of salvation given to all people for those of us who have received you Lord Jesus we know that we have the privilege of being still and letting you be God And so, Father, we pray for anyone around us in this room who doesn't know you, that today might be the day when they surrender the goal of achieving some sort of external peace, the goal of somehow getting enough money to buy their way into happiness, and they come before you broken and empty to receive from you your gift of peace. Peace with the Father through the forgiveness of our sins, through the gift of salvation, making a way, making it possible for us to be right with you. God, may today be the day when they find a pastor, they find a friend, they find somebody so that they can find you. And Jesus, I pray that our experience would be growing of your peace in our lives. So that when we go out into a world that is in chaos, we have something to give, something to share, something to show, something that points people to you. I pray that you would help us, Lord, because the world's not going to get it. It transcends their understanding. And our answers aren't going to necessarily be the answers they were looking for. But it's true peace, biblical peace, in a fallen world. I pray, Lord, that because we have spent some time in your presence today, chewing on these things, that we might have a fresh sense of peace to offer as we leave this place today. That your peace would reign in us, that the low places would be filled in out there and the high places brought down, that those who are weak and feeble might walk and be healed. Jesus, would you choose to use us, we pray, as messengers of peace. And we love it, Lord, if we get to look back on these next several hours and even days and weeks of being messengers of peace, we would be able to look back and say, that blows my mind. God healed things. God fixed things. God restored things. God put broken stuff back together. And the world had no answers, but Jesus showed up. And he made his home in that place. And now peace reigns. God, we want you to work. Help us not to get in your way, we pray. In Christ's holy name.